0: Um, you you know if you would do that it would be great because normally I'll start each class out answering uh, questions. Today is just the first of 13 weeks of practical helps for parents. I hope you'll do everything you can to attend all 13 weeks. Uh, There are a lot of things we don't have in common. Uh, We're not the same age We don't have the same number of children. We don't have the same personalities or gifts. Our children do not have the same personalities or gifts. We don't come from the same backgrounds. Uh, We came from all different kinds of backgrounds. But we do have this one thing in in common, uh, as that's our love for our children or our love uh, for our future children and our desire uh, to see our kids succeed. Uh, Understand that in our culture, it takes more uh, than love and dreams and good intentions for our children to be well prepared uh, for life and for eternity. Uh, I think everybody in here has already come to the realization that it took more than love and good intentions to make a marriage work. Uh, Everybody's got those when they get married, uh, but 50% of marriages don't. Uh, When it comes to parenting. It takes more than love and good intentions uh, to parent. uh, uh, Also, listen, every parent's got dreams. Every parent has good intentions. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, is that we live in a culture that no longer points children to their creator. Our culture doesn't point our children to their gender. Our culture doesn't point their children to their parents. Our culture doesn't point children to godly character or personal responsibility. Uh, But that doesn't mean we're gonna fail. Uh, God did not put you or me or your children in this day because failure was an inevitable uh, conclusion. Uh, God wants you and will give you the means to succeed. Uh, You and I, we just can't take things for granted. Uh, like previous generations uh, could, uh, I, I know that uh, there's nothing more important to any parent than their kids. Our, our priority should be God, our spouse, and our kids. And when we get that out of order, something uh, bad's not uh, something bad to some degree is going to happen. But but you're here because you have passion for your kids, or if you're going to have them in the future, you will have passion for them. Uh, because of that, I mean, we care how they're treated, we care how much playing time they get uh, on their sports teams. We care what parts they have in Christmas plays and, and all kinds of things. And it's not that your passion for your kids is bad, it's good. The, the problem is, though, if we don't keep our passion for our kids in check, we'll never see our kids honestly. And understand, you and I will never parent our children well if we don't honestly see who they are that's good, who they are that's bad, what needs work. If we don't honestly see that stuff through our passions, we will inevitably uh, fail. Uh, I believe that how we prioritize faith in our children's life, uh, I believe that's one of the two most important indicators of our true faith in God. Uh, I I think a lot of people are are very willing to have themselves or their spouse suffer for the faith. Uh, A lot of parents, what I would say over the years, they're they're not willing to let their kids suffer for their faith. And if you don't let your kids suffer for their faith, their faith is never going to be strong. And you will find it difficult to prioritize faith in your kid's life. The key question as we think about uh, parenting is, is really this, does God know more about what my child needs in life than I do? You know, that seems like a pretty basic question, but it's really the key question. See, because if God knows more about what my child needs than I do, then the first place I need to go for what to do as a parent is to God rather than the way I was raised or my feelings or those kinds of things. And so we're going to, for 13 weeks, teach parenting from a biblical perspective, practical helps to succeed as a parent, Um You would think this wouldn't be like this, but but what I would say is that most people find it easier to trust God with things they can't verify in life, Uh, like faith in Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. We trust God with that. It's in the Bible. But we're more easily and, and quickly, we trust God with things we can't see than things we can't. Now, at your age, you you don't see these things yet. If Christ tarries and you get my age, you'll be able to look back and you will see exactly what happens when people reject God's principles for life and parenting, uh, and you will see exactly what happens when people follow them. Uh, So the things I'm going to teach me, they're verifiable, and they're in God's Word. Uh, fact is God's a creator. He makes the rules. God decides what will fulfill the life of your child. Uh, God designed us. When God says, Hey, raise your kid this way, prioritize this, teach them that he, he didn't do that to oppress anybody. He did that to fulfill you as a parent and to fulfill your children. Uh, will you trust him? um, For most of you, uh, I think maybe nearly all of you, you know me to some degree or another, and my family at least a little, but uh, my wife and I, we've been married uh, 38 years, basically. Uh, Our anniversary's coming up this week. We have three children, uh, 36, uh, 34, and 31. It'll be 32 later this week. And uh, what I would say to you is our kids have all been challenging at times uh when our before children were born i I prayed for strong-willed children and you might not have done that uh but i did Uh, i do not believe you can succeed in life without strong will i don't believe you'll stay true and faithful in ministry without strong will Uh, but when you do that you are basically praying for a more difficult path uh, because strong will, when it's pointed on the right things, is a wonderful thing, but strong will, when it's pointed on stuff that's not good, uh, man, uh, it, it, it's a real nuisance. Um, and, and so our kids were, di- all of them in their own ways, were, were difficult. We, we didn't, um, by the grace of God, they're all in church today, all serving Christ today, but you know, we had some tough times. Uh, we had times when, you know, we wept and times when we struggled and, and, and times when we were really angry and disappointed. Uh, and, and you know what? That, that's, that's normal. If you think that you're going to get, if Christ's terror is going to get through this parenting thing and, you, you know, you're, you're not going to have any difficult times, you, you probably don't have a realistic expectation. Uh, now, I, there is an occasional Super compliant child, uh, but but for the most part, you, you know you're you're going to have some issues, and you can't control what your children do. And if you think you can control your children, uh, everything they do, it's only because you don't have any, or or because your kids are real young. Uh, all you can control is how you respond. 100% of the time, you can control how you respond uh you cannot control what they're gonna do and basically this class is uh about how to respond uh, you shouldn't really want to 100 percent control your children anyway beyond maybe when they're real little and, and then gradually turn those reins over uh to them um and the other thing I want to say, as we're getting closer and closer to getting starting, uh, one of the things I would really tell you is just give other parents and other kids slack. Um, you may think that you know your kid would never do this. Uh, there's a Bible principle: "Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap." And one of the things I tried to consciously be aware of as a, as a youth leader, because uh, I did that for the, basically the first 20 years of my Christian life, is that I, I was sowing how people would treat my children when they weren't what they should be. And you'll be someday glad that you gave other kids slack and grace because you're going you're to want it sometime for your kids um as I was a youth minister for 20 years I'm a people person my my wife is an animal person she loves our dogs Uh, our dogs are uh, addicted to her Um, yesterday we came home from vacation I don't know how long we were home before they even came looking for me and uh, I don't dislike them Uh, one of them I still haven't petted and we've been home for almost a day uh, the other one was there for a while and just stood there for a while, and I'm like, all right, you know, gave, gave him three seconds. Uh, I, I'm not an animal person. I'm a dog tolerator. She's a dog lover. I'm a people person, and, and I watch people. I, I study people. Uh, uh, I was blessed as 20 years in the youth, uh, as a youth leader. Uh, I mean, for over 10 of that, we had 150 teenagers every week in Sunday school, and, and I watched what kids did i watched what their parents did i watched how they were handled and and i saw some things that really made me say wow you know that that's really good parenting i saw some other things that kind of that made me sad and i saw a few things that made me angry uh, i mean i'm talking church families a church teenage girl said you require a one-piece bathing suit to go to summer camp my dad makes me wear a bikini Listen, if you don't think that crazy stuff goes on by ungodly people, uh, you're not paying attention. And I'm just a people watcher, and, and, and I just watch how this stuff all turned out. I, there's 14 books on parenting in our bookstore. There's 80 biographies. I've read them all. I, I, I take them back. There's one parenting book I didn't read. Um... And now I wish I wouldn't have bought it. Uh, but, 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 but I'm just saying, I, I, this, is some, this is what I do. And uh, I, and so what I'm going to do through this is like I'm going to just give you Bible principles. You know, each of these principles, they're, they're going to look a little different on, on all of us. You know, because of ages, personalities, gifts, all, all those things. But these principles, if you violate these principles... You are going to do harm to your child and bring dishonor to God. Um, Listen, if God wanted perfect uh, parents, he would have raised all the children himself or had angels raise them. Uh, God picked you knowing you were imperfect. He picked your children for you. Knowing who you were, knowing what they were and what they weren't. And i don't believe god makes any mistakes and so i admit going into this i don't know everything but i do have a sincere desire to uh help you uh how many people here have heard of benjamin spock not spock on star trek um uh, benjamin spock was a famous uh, author on children uh in 1940 uh, something he wrote a book about children and that uh, book has sold over 50 million copies, been translated into 39 languages. He died in 1998, but his parenting philosophy that he taught is very secular. That's the parenting philosophy that pervades in our culture, which brings up an interesting question. When someone like Dr. Spock, who's highly regarded by our world and Tens of millions of people, 50 million books, who knows how many people have read them. I mean, it's not like one person reads one book. Uh, When Dr. Spock says something different than our Creator, here's the issue who will you and I believe? I mean, mean, that's really the issue. In fact, what I would say uh, about you and I personally, when God has a principle and what you and I think are the way we were raised or the way someone is talking to us about when that's different from what God says, who will we believe? What will we do? Uh, I do not believe our children uh, should be academic experiments. And um, th- that's why I, when I got saved, uh, I inherently knew that the people my age did not know as much as they think they knew. And I was immediately interested in, and attracted to people who were much older and come from generations previous to me that society, when I was growing up, society was already becoming a mess. And so I felt like the people of my generation, and by the way, the society in the 70s and early 80s wasn't as big a mess as it is today. And so you need to have some kind of thought in your mind that is telling you, you know what, what's going on around me is messed up. And so we've got to go someplace that we can trust for our principles to parent, um, so as we, we should be in Genesis 1, as we begin to think about being a success as a parent, uh, which is what we all desire, uh, we need to start with a: what does success mean as a parent? Success is not defined by your children ending up with more money and stuff than you. Listen, your children might not be as gifted as you are to make money. There's nothing wrong with that. Success as a parent is helping your child fulfill whatever potential God made them with. Uh, Success is not defined by your children going into full-time ministry. Uh, Listen, God has to call someone into full-time ministry. Uh, Success is your child finding and filling the spiritual gifts God gave them. Success is not defined by your children being physically attractive, as our world determines that. Success is your children taking good care of themselves and being comfortable in their own skin. Whether their skin is a nine or a four. Success is not defined by your children turning out just like you. Listen, I get it. In our own minds, the optimal human being is us. In, in reality, success is your child uh, being what God created them to be. Success is not defining, is not by your child being a good child. I want you to think about that a moment. I've known a lot of plans for educating children and a lot of ways people parented, it produced good children and lousy adults. Success is your child, if Christ tarries, growing up to be a functional, independent thinking person who is faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? Uh, I think if you have a good child along the way, great. Uh, Good children along the way, much better than bad children along the way. But in the end, if you have a great 9-year-old and a lousy 18-year-old, that's not good. Listen, I I have known parents, and man, they is dominated that kid in every way. And, and they were like, you know, little privates uh, in the in the military, you know, till they were about 12. And everybody's, oh, wow, they're such good kids. They're such good parents. Listen, good parenting is a functional adult, not a good kid. And only the Bible gives perfect advice to pr- to produce that. Um, By the way, just as a disclaimer, what what I want for you to do is for you to learn what the Bible teaches about raising children, trust the Lord and give it your best. You do that and you will do a good job as a parent. Uh, You, did you hear me? You learn what the scriptures teach about being a good parent You give your best to that and you will do a good job as a parent. Listen, God made kids with a lot of flexibility. He did that because he knew he chose imperfect parents. And uh, I just want to thank God today. My my wife and I honestly, we look back. We have no major regrets. None. Uh, Make that your goal. No. Major regrets. Do I have some minor regrets? Do I, when we get together, Caleb talks to me and teases me about the, the punch poke in the chest and, 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 and all, all that? Yeah. yeah. Did, was that a bad moment in, in my life as a parent? Yeah. I had some. But, but I, I, by the way, I, I'm a flawed human being. Uh, by the grace of God, I have no major regrets. That's my heart's desire for you. Uh, And so today we're just going to for a few minutes lay a foundation for everything We're going to cover over a couple of months now for most of you uh, This might not be that important, but for some who will listen to this online and and maybe for some of you This is really important. And so this is the foundation for parenting. Here's number one. Uh, God is our creator He makes the rules Genesis 1 Uh, Verse 26 says this says and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air over the cattle uh, And over all the earth over every creeping thing that uh, Creepeth upon the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him male and female created he them turn up just a page maybe to chapter 2 verse 7 The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Man became a living soul. God is our creator. You and I have no right to decide what God calls right and wrong. God made us, we didn't make him. Most people here, you don't have a problem with this foundational truth that God makes the rules. It's sensible. It's natural in our thinking. Though all of us, when we're being honest, prefer to be our own authority. Here's the problem. Uh, We all agree that God is the authority. Here's the problem. I've never seen God. I've never audibly heard from God. By the way, I don't personally believe anybody since the death of the last apostle has visibly seen Jesus or audibly heard him. So... If God is the ultimate authority, how do we find God's will? How do we submit to God's authority? It's a great question. I mean, for instance, somebody says, you know what? School and sports should be more important than church and the Bible. How do you decide who's right? Uh, By the way, uh, I've lived long enough. I'm glad, by the grace of God, I saw it at the time. When when you're at the soccer match and your kid is scoring all this stuff, and everybody's, oh, wow, your kid is great. Man, you need to have him in great leagues. He's going to be a pro someday. Listen, I was glad I was smart enough to know there were thousands of kids that were good and better. How do we find God's will? Uh, go to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The first company I worked for after college was a, a company um, called Owens, Illinois. And the, and the first plant I worked in, the plant manager was a guy named Dick Roberdu. And uh, Dick Roberdu, he was probably, I mean, I was 23. He seemed like an old geezer. He was probably like 50 or 55. Uh, you know, geezer is a relative term. And uh, he was one tough cookie. I mean, uh, I saw him fire people. I saw him make people's lives miserable that he couldn't fire but just didn't want around. Uh, I mean, but he ran a super tight ship. Everybody was afraid of him. Uh, When the secretary came from the office back in the plant where I worked, and she said, Robert, who wants to see you? Do you know what you did? Well, you're the secretary. I'm not listening to you. No way you immediately knew that that message didn't carry the authority of the messenger. It carried the authority of the one who sent them. And so you stopped what you were doing. You immediately went in because Robert wanted to see you. And that's what she would call him, Robert who wanted to see you. Not Mr. Robert, not, Mr. Robert who, not Dick Robert who wanted to see you. And, and, and listen, understand when it comes to God, it's like that. Uh, we can't audibly see him or hear him but he has given us a way to hear from him. And the first place is the Bible, verse, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scriptures given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Note it's interesting, it's given not first for the gospel, although the gospel is a prominent message, it's given for doctrine to know what to believe, For reproof, to point out what's wrong. For correction, to show you how to fix what's wrong. For instruction in righteousness, and to show you how to do what's right after it's been pointed out what was wrong and told you how to fix it. That's what the Bible does. It's from God. The primary place where God has delegated his authority is the Bible. Do you want to know what God says is right and wrong? You want to know how God says we can live forever? You want to know what God says He's like? You want to know what He wants in our relationships? You want to know what He wants from you as a parent or what He expects from your children? You've got to go to the Scriptures. It is the only inerrant, infallible source of authority. That's not me. All right? I don't have any authority in your homes. I actually don't have any authority over my grandchildren. That belongs to their parents. I have influence, but I have only authority they get, or their parents give me. I have authority in this church. I have authority in my own home from God. If you write down statements, write down this one. Never obey delegated authority that tells you to do anything contrary to the Bible. Never obey delegated authority that tells you to do anything contrary to the Bible. Here's our next thing. Number three, go back in your Bible to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. God is the creator. He makes the rules. By the way, for some of you all who are planning to be spiritual leaders someday, you need to remember that about your own authority. There's a reason that I purposely tell this church that all the time. What if I lose my mind? What what if, God forbid, Satan would get the best of me in in, in some way and, and I begin to do something that's contrary to this book? Don't follow me. Follow this book. Here's the third thing. In his word, God delegated authority to parents over their own children. Ephesians 6, 1, children... Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that I may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In his word, God delegated some of his authority to parents in their own home. Uh, Listen, because the government doesn't have authority over your children... God gave you authority over the children. When your government tells you to do something contrary to what your God says, you follow God. You don't have authority in your home because you're bigger. You don't have authority in your home because you're smarter. You don't have authority in your home because you're older. You have authority over your own children because God gave it to you. Notice that's uh, your parents' When you're in the home, you obey your parents. Uh, all your life, you honor them. But once you move out of their home, you do not need to obey them. Uh, some parents may want that, uh, but you do not have to give them that. Now you can if you want, but you don't have to. to di- and You won't displease God when you don't obey your parent out of the house. But if you live in the house, Uh, You will displease God. By the way, you should teach your children that. They're going to be hearing from their friends and everybody else. Well, when you turn 18, you're an adult and you do what I want. No, you should be teaching them all their life. Hey, as long as you're in this house, I'm the authority in this house. Now, I'm not debating, and we'll talk about this more as time goes on in the class, I'm not debating that, you know, that authority looks different at 5, and then it does at 10, then it does at 16, then it does at 20 when they're in your house going to college. I I, I think you use that authority differently. But as long as they're there, you're that authority from God. Have you ever thought about this? God picked our parents. Uh, A lot of times we we look at that and we're glad. Uh, Other times we're not. God picked them. Now you may look at the parents God picked and say, wow, they were lousy in in these ways. Uh, Whatever ways they were lousy, God knew they would be that way and put you there anyway because there's some way in overcoming it that you will be better stronger and more helpful to others. Listen, there's something God intended all of us to learn from the environment he chose from us. I didn't say anything that was sinful was done pleases God. That's not true. But God knew that environment would be sinful and he still chose you for it because there's a way you can overcome it and help others and be stronger because of it. All... Uh, You don't have authority over all children. You have authority over your children. Now, I believe children should respect adults, but not have authority over only your own. Uh, The reason you have authority, God said. Um, Say, Brother Wally, should uh, the government have some authority over your children? You know what? If you want to delegate some authority to some government representative of your child uh, and put them in a uh, public school, you you can do that. But they don't have authority. But what you give them. So what about in the in the church? Listen, the the church. Uh, do I think that you ought to uh, when your children to be. Teenagers and their activities where do you I think you ought to delegate some of your authority as a parent to those who supervise them? Yeah. Same thing in children's church, Sunday school. But but they have authority because you as a parent it's your authority. I didn't say you should, you're wise to be the only one that ever uses it. I, I do think we ought to delegate it at times, but ultimately you have it. Psalm one twenty seven. We're just laying a foundation today. Say, well, I'm disappointed. I wanted to hear other things. I wanted to hear, should I beat my child? Define the word beat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) though we're going to take, in in many cases, take this lesson for granted. Understand, this lesson is the key. This lesson is the key. This this is why really we're in here, is to learn how to use the authority God delegated to us as a parent in a manner that pleases him. God didn't give you authority as a parent to do what you want. God gave you authority to do what he wants. God didn't give me authority in this church to do what I want here. He gave me authority at Bible Baptist Church to do what he wants here that's true for you as a parent. And by the way, it's true for husbands as well. He didn't give you authority to do what you want either. Psalm 127, number, here's number four, children are a gift of God. Psalm 127, three, L- low children are an heritage of the Lord. For the womb is his reward. as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy as the man hath his quiver full of them, they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies uh, in the gate. We'll later explain more of that, but for today, verse 3, just simply, children are God's heritage to you. Uh, The fruit of the womb is his reward. Uh, By the way, I don't understand... Uh, why God gives life to some and and not to others. I don't understand that. I I could cite example after example after example of someone God gives life to who I know, man, they're going to be a lousy parent. And others who God doesn't give life to, and I said, man, they would really just love and do a great job as a parent. I don't understand Uh, But I believe that God is a giver of life. And he has a reason always when he chooses either way. Uh, Scientists can't produce life. At best, science and medicine can preserve life that exists. God is a giver of life. And if man ever in a lab is ever able to synthesize the proteins and amino acids and do whatever to produce life, it's not going to produce, it's not going to demonstrate life can happen by accident. It's going to demonstrate that it takes intelligence to produce life. God is a giver of life. Children are God's gift. <laughs> uh... Verse 5, happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. Uh, Are they a burden at times? Yeah. Do do they uh, uh, curtail your lifestyle? Yeah, they're supposed to. Uh, I was just listening. uh, Any of you guys watch that Alone series? Uh, I like that show. Uh, The one guy was saying, you know, uh, he got all these love for biology and nature from his dad. Here's what he said. He said, my dad was really not a good parent. He valued the earth's ecology and conservation more than his own family. That, that, that's what he said about his dad. Um, what a shame. Uh, because there's actually more potential for happiness uh, in investing in his children than in world conservation. Listen, your child may be an accident to you, or you might have been an accident to your parents, but you were no accident to God. And then, lastly, go to Matthew six, and we'll be done. We're just laying a foundation today. Next next week, we're going to answer the question: What's the most important thing to teach your children? What is the first thing you should teach them? Next week, we'll answer that question. You might find that more interesting, but this is actually more important because next week's lesson wouldn't actually mean anything without this week. And the fact that God is a creator, God makes the rules, God delegated some of his authority to parents over their own children and that children are his gift. And then lastly, uh, God presents himself to mankind as a heavenly father. In Matthew 6, verse 9, it says, After this manner, Jesus says, Therefore pray ye our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, that model prayer begins with a basic philosophy that God presents himself to us as a heavenly father. Hear me when I say much of how your children initially will respond to God begins with what you're like as a parent, and especially a dad. So I don't like that. That's not fair. Listen, you don't make the rules. Your child, or some of you... You went. If, if you had a dad that was not reliable, if you had a dad that was not loving, if you had a dad that was uninvolved, you, you're going to have to work through some process of beginning to accept God as a father who is loving, who is interested, who is involved, and who unconditionally loves you. You're going to just have to work through a process of that. And by the way, you can But God presents himself to us as a parent, which means what we do as a parent makes a lot of difference in our children's life here and forever. See, we can look at how God deals with his children and know a lot about how we should deal with ours. We can look at how God teaches his children and we can learn a lot about how we should teach ours. We can look at the way how God loves his children and learn about how we should love ours. We can look at how God disciplines his children and learn a lot about how we should discipline ours. God is a heavenly father. And since these all are true, it just makes sense to start, if we want to parent our children well, to begin with principles God set forth in the scriptures. We need to be conscious of the fact that our children have been lent to us by God to train. They belong to him, not to us. I, I, I would to God that parents grasp this simple thing. You and I are not, we, we don't have them for our enjoyment, though we, we enjoy them. God gave them to us to train, to prepare for their marriage, to train to prepare for their work in life, to train to prepare for their ministry for Christ. Most parents don't grasp that. If, If people grasp that they're training a child to be a healthy partner in marriage, they wouldn't handle them the way they do. The goal of successful parenting is not a good child The goal of parenting is a godly, faithful, functional, independent adult, and you can do that today by the grace of God. Next week, we'll begin with some things to teach our children and begin with the most important thing to teach them first. Does everybody have one of those surveys? No? Um, Where's the pack of surveys? let me get that in the back uh, just either give that to me later today uh, fill out something write some question on that card and turn it in in the front